Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I am Will Heisentrude, and this is Sometimes Baseball. I am joined by co-host David Bourne. How you doing, David? That was a short intro today. I think I liked the little switch up. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, just keep it interesting. A little short episode, it's just me and you on the show today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, how you doing? Can't complain, man. I did absolutely nothing today. So right. those are the best days, I guess. So yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice being right. out of school, isn't it? Uh yeah, until you're looking for weekend plans. But um besides <laughs> that, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, my weekend plan is homework. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then I then I guess I can't complain too much. Yeah. All right, we're gonna run through our agenda today. Back to a bit of a normal show. The last one was all about predictions and accountability and how wrong we were. So what you've been thinking, as always, we're going to share our thoughts that we've had, just kind of just a little bit different than just baseball. And then we're going to look at today in baseball history. It's a fun one. And then we're going to go on to our takeaways from the wild card series. Because that just wrapped up this last week. And then we're going to shift to our MLB division series predictions. Look at the ALDS and NLDS. Then we're going to do a draft of best activities to do on your own. And then we're going to wrap it all up with the song lyric or movie quote of the day. We also normally do a trivia question or a trending Twitter topic. And if you have a fun Twitter story you want us to talk about, trivia they think can stump David or our guests, you can be a part of this show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or TikTok. On Instagram, you can DM us at sometimesbaseball. And on TikTok, you can reach us at sometimes.baseball. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash store slash sometimes baseball if you don't like any of the current designs you can reach out to our email which is sometimes baseball at gmail.com all right david what you've been thinking so it is the baseball playoffs but um the nba finals are going on as well yes and i think game three is happening as we speak as a matter of fact but um I keep seeing a lot of things online about people saying that uh, LeBron is walking to another championship. The Heat are no contender, this, that, and the other. I do not care. LeBron James has played with some of the worst teams in like the history of the NBA Finals before, be it in his first tenure with Cleveland or his second one. Of course, the teams of Miami were stacked, but... I am not taking anything away from LeBron James. If he wins the finals this year, I do not care what the Heat's roster looks like, and I don't think anybody else should either because this man earned it, and I'm glad he's about to win another one, even though I'm not a Lakers guy at all. Uh, but I do root for LeBron in certain situations, and this is one of them. Yeah, he's a guy that gets a lot of bad rap. Right? It's just so many people are so attached to the Michael Jordan-LeBron James debate that they look for things to tear him down. And I think if he really wins this one, it, I think it's kind of over. <laughs> I think LeBron James might become the best player of all time. I mean, if you just think about it, like the dude has taken how many different teams with how many different organizations to championships? Like, yeah, he, he makes the finals basically every year. It's, it's <laughs> like last season he did not for the first time in, what, seven or eight years. And then this year he brought him back again. So, uh I have no complaints about LeBron. I'm rooting for him to win this year. I think it'd be cool if the Heat could make it, you know, maybe like a five or six game series instead of getting swept just to uh, keep my interest <laughs> yeah. a little bit better. But I don't, I don't care if he beats the Heat or I don't care if he had beaten, you know, the eight seed. Uh, he, he won. He, he deserved it. He earned it. Yep. Quite the interesting guy. And all his career decisions, he always seems to be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. 
Yes, always, always, always. All right, here's what I've been thinking. Uh, not really much of a thought, but kind of just a cool moment for me. And as uh, I've been talking about and documenting on this show, I've gotten all the way back into baseball cards. David reeled me all the way back in. <laughs> so I have him to blame for that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, little, little Jordan shrug there. But so I, I thought this was kind of cool and I wanted to share it. So shout out to the owner of Sports Card Junction. It's a local card shop here in Pittsburgh. The guy is super cool. We talked for like 15 minutes all about the industry of cards, baseball in general. So I bought this set of Topps 2020 Archives editions, where it's basically they have new school guys mixed in there with old designs of Topps cards and old guys mixed in there with other Topps designs that they were doing. And they also had signatures in the boxes. And this is one that I pulled out. It is a Hank Aaron autograph. The guy is a legend in the game through and through. It's just so cool because you can see like the pen marks, like the impressions, like the, the autograph comes out really well. And it's just like for a guy that like is undoubtedly one of the legends in the game, it's just super cool to see. And so shout out to the owner of Sports Car Junction, unwittingly, unknowingly helped me out, linked me up with this. <laughs> So that's where you got the card at Sports Car Junction? Yes. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> that's uh, crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, shout out to him. Uh, the industry has really taken off in the last six months, honestly. And I- I've also been thinking of all the different opportunities I had to jump in on the sports card industry in like the last five years. <laughs> and it really hurts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, especially because now it's booming so much where. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody who got in, like you said, more than uh, eight months ago is making money for sure. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, the uh, gosh, I remember freshman year, so four years ago, I uh, I bought a pack of baseball cards at Dick's and I gave them away. And I was like, ah, whatever. And then I bought like one of those like, complete sets, you know, that have like all the players from that year. I, I flipped through them. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And then I handed those off to some cousins. <laughs> like, Two or two years ago, or whatever, my dad got those limited print editions of like Ichiro when he got like his three thousandth hit, and I was like, "Oh man, should have jumped in at that point." There's just so many things, but whatever. It's it's fun now. <laughs> that, that that's uh that's what I've been thinking. We're gonna shift gears now to today in baseball history, and I think this is one that uh, I'm very excited for. Did a lot of prep work for this, and uh, on October fourth, nineteen fifty eight. A Tokyo schoolboy star named Sadaharu Oh is signed by the Yomiuri Giants for a bonus of 13 million yen, which is about $60,000 in today's money. (laughs) American. Oh will become one of the most famous players of all time, setting many world-hitting records. If you do not know about Mr. Sadaharu Oh, let us enlighten you. He was a natural at the game, even becoming a national star at the high school level. High school baseball in Japan is the equivalent of college football here in America, uh, just for some context for how big being a high school star is. So he signed that big contract and immediately disappointed. (laughs) He struck out a third of the time and hit about 160. His nickname quickly became Sanshin-O. Sanshin means strikeout and O means king. (laughs) So he was strikeout king. (laughs) Sadaharu-O was a partier and drank often. 
He turned it all around in 1962 thanks to a hitting coach teaching him the fundamentals of Aikido, which spawned his memorable flamingo batting stance. He also committed himself fully to the sport, and as Joe Posnanski wrote in his Baseball 100 series this past offseason, O practiced day after day, hour after hour. Often, O would use a sword instead of a bat and a sheet of paper in place of a baseball, and this transformed O. He had become known for his lackadaisical approach to baseball, a mortal sin in Japan. Baseball is viewed as a discipline in Japan, an art form, one that takes relentless work. Baseball training in Japan bears no resemblance to spring training in the United States. Each session lasts six or seven hours. There are two batting cages going at once before every game. Each game is preluded by long infield and outfield practice. And this is uh, still Joe going. I remember former Royals manager Trey Hillman when he was a manager in Japan saying he tried to cut back the grueling training seasons. He thought he was doing the players a favor. He found instead that players resented this. They wanted to work past exhaustion. This was an important part of the game for them. There was honor to be found in pushing themselves beyond their physical limits. And so after O began working with this hitting coach, he became the very symbol of this kind of work ethic. For more than two years, he worked with the sword. He trained his body and his mind. His practice routines became legendary, even in a country where working hard is a given. And that comes from Joe Posnanski's Baseball 100 series. So, David, why don't you fill us in on some of these stats for Saraharu O? Yeah, so uh, you had sent that article to me, I guess, either a day or two ago, and I looked through it and um, was able to just pull a couple of the stats that the author had put together. And to say the least, they're uh, impressive. Um, yeah. <laughs> he won 13 consecutive home run titles, which is just unheard of in uh, pretty much any era of baseball. And he won 15 home run titles in 16 years on top of that. So uh, two triple crowns. He walked at least 108 times for 16 straight seasons and uh, has a career total of 868 home runs, which would uh, make him... I guess, professional <laughs> baseball's home run king. Long story short, the guy could hit. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> the dude is, was ridiculous. And there were all these uh, major league guys that went over, and when they played them, they said, like, every, every single one of them said, the dude could hit 40 homers a, a year, could be a 300 hitter, batting average-wise. Like, the dude just towered over the sport. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool to talk about this guy because not maybe not everybody knows about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, I also think it's interesting that now he'd be over here at some point, whether um, oh, yeah. <laughs> towards the middle or the end of his career, he'd be here playing at some point. And, you know, we get to see all these guys now, whether it be the big ones like Matsui or uh, I guess Dice K for a minute there. Even this season, you have Susugo from the Rays and uh, Akiyama as well from Cincinnati. I think it's cool that, you know, finally these guys get a chance to, to show off what they can do on the American stage after proving themselves in Japan as well. People really underestimate just how similar, I guess, the leagues are. It's a different game when you go. Uh, David and I have both been to games in Japan. I don't know. Would, would you say the games are fundamentally different? Not crazy. There's a, a whole lot of junk balling instead of, you know, just like pure power pitchers like we get in the majors now. But overall, like you wouldn't really be able to tell the difference if you, you know, had no idea where you were at. Yeah, I, I, like I would say like the talent levels are actually very similar. Like obviously here it's it, there's such like a global presence that everybody just makes each other better. Mm -hmm. um, like the majors is the best league in the world, but 
it's not too far behind, but it, it's just super cool to like learn about these guys. And <laughs> the funny story was uh, he, he had the single season record of 55 home runs in a season. <laughs> and there were all these stories of guys chasing that record, kind of like people chasing Babe Ruth's 60 home run record. <laughs> and what had happened was just because Sadaharu O was so respected in the game, and he was still actually a manager in the uh, Japan League, that people would get close. They would just int- start intentionally walking the guys until the season <laughs> So there were a couple guys that uh, had seasons of 55 home runs, and they were just walked until the season was over. <laughs> I think but- um, that's like the storyline in the one movie where uh, the guy, the American guy goes over to Japan. It, it's a something similar. Uh, I don't know if it's home runs or hits. I can't think of the movie. The, uh, the main character is a mustache. I have no idea. Oh, all right. Well, he's chasing some sort of record and um, like ends up getting hit by pitches and walked and this, that, and the other because the, uh, the Japanese players don't want to walk or don't want to, to break it. I'll try to find the name of the movie. Yeah. Well, it was eventually broken, though, because in 2013, Vladimir Ballantyne hit 60 home runs <laughs> for the Yukult Swallows. <laughs> and immediately people insisted that there was something wrong with the ball or somebody, something was happening, and it found out that baseballs were indeed to be found juiced. <laughs> so people still consider Sadaharu's 55 home runs to be a record. So it sounds a lot like what's happening over here in the United States. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put the little eyes emoji like, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I, While you were talking about Mr. Ballantine, I did come up with the name of the movie. It's called Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. Not a great movie. Wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I do more. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie's pretty bad. Uh, we're going to have to draft baseball movies at some point. Or do we already I think we that? did already. Oh. oh, yeah, we did. That's right. That's right. That's right. I forget which one. I don't think it made, uh, made the cut. Yeah, it's all right. Let's jump now to the takeaways from the wild card series. I'll offer my first takeaway. Fernando Tatis continues to amaze. How many home runs did he hit? How many fantastic defensive plays did he make? Like, uh, this guy's a stud uh, through and through. This guy is a stud. Yeah, he really is. Like you said, he does it on both sides of the ball and is everything baseball needs right now. He's young. He is sort of crazy, but he's also just a bunch of fun to watch. And he's the superstar I think the sport needs, especially when guys like Harper and Trout seemingly miss the playoffs every year. And, um, you know, there's no Soto this year as well. I'm hoping they keep winning. I, I really like the Padres. I think they're sort of the future of that division. I don't know if they'll pull it off this year, but um, as long as Tatis is there, they're going to they're gonna be in the mix. Yes, yes. And it is, it is good that you mentioned that it's kind of crazy sometimes what he does because he is still very young. <laughs> uh, there was a play at one point, I think in game two, where he made a diving stop on a ball and every bone in my body said, just hold on to it. Was runner first. It's like, all right, everybody's going to be safe. But he tried getting it to one knee and flinging it to second base to try to get the out. He ended up throwing the ball away, and there were runners at second and third late in the game in, like, an important spot. <laughs> but it, it, it turned out to not matter. Um, but it's just things like that. It's just you can still tell he's kind of young. But <laughs> uh, David, what, what was one of your takeaways? Trevor Bauer is a free agent this offseason, and he is going to be a very rich man. Watching that game between the Braves and the Reds was probably 
my favorite part of that wild card opening series thing the league put together this year. Bauer had what twelve Ks? <laughs> yeah, in uh, in that start, seven and two yeah, thirds did, or something. Or yeah, like, did not allow a single run. And there's going to be a ton of teams willing to throw a lot of money at him this winter. Yeah, and I hope for his sake that he signs a long extension, just because you never know. But he said he's only going to sign one-year deals with contenders or teams looking to win the World Series. So I don't know. It, it, it's also good that you mentioned uh, Trevor Bauer because I was watching all of his Bauer bites for the first time <laughs> where he sits down with other guys in and around baseball. And it was just super cool to hear their perspectives on fights that have happened, like what the, like, well, like the backstories were behind them. Like uh, Derek Dietrich was talking about his beef with Chris Archer, which really wasn't beef, <laughs> um, but like a whole bunch of other stuff. If you get the time, I recommend going to check out the Bauer Bites. So you had mentioned how at one point he came out and said um, he would only sign one-year deals. And I understand Trevor Bauer is a guy who means – 99% of what he says and you know he makes that very clear but he's also a very smart man and I think it would be one of the dumbest career moves he could possibly make if he signs a one-year deal this offseason if I'm Trevor Bauer I am taking a six seven-year deal and getting my 100 something million dollars and living comfortably for, for the rest of my life he might get 250 if he signs a six seven-year deal like yeah <laughs> that season he just turned in holy smokes he was very good throughout. Uh, here's another one of my takeaways. Uh, the Cubs stars did not show up once again in the playoffs. I saw this stat since they won the 2016 World Series. Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo were 19 for 140. That is a 136 batting average with 51 strikeouts in there. Like, yeah, it, it – this is what we thought was going to happen at the beginning of the season. It's like, we like everything about them. There's just nothing that really popped off the page. And we also said, I went back today and listened to the podcast. And we said, yeah, like you Darvish is going to, he's going to be amazing this year. And he was, he's probably, he might even win the Cy Young Award. But it's just, these guys just didn't show up when it was needed. Yeah. Number one. I knew you were going to say something about the Cubs. For anybody who doesn't know, Trout is one of the biggest hate-hard Cubs guys out there. But <laughs> like you said, uh, just I don't really know what went wrong with that whole organization. You know, it seemed as if they painted the Mona Lisa with that, with that roster that won the World Series in 2016. And then right afterwards, they painted a big X over it. Every following <laughs> move that they made did not work out how they had hoped at all. They burned all of that talent pool that they accumulated in the minor leagues. The signings they made didn't really work out. You talked about guys like Baez disappearing in the playoffs. He had an awful regular season as yeah. well. He didn't really yeah. do anything. And it's concerning moving forward for Cubs fans, I'd have to think, because I don't really know what you do now. Yeah, I, they, they are following that classic arc of a team that wins one World Series where it's <laughs> they make the playoffs, they get to the NLCS or the championship series, they lose in that, then they win the World Series the next year. Then the year after that, <laughs> they get to the NLCS again, they lose that, and then they make the playoffs barely. They lose the wild card game. They miss the playoffs the next year. And they make it again to the wild card and get eliminated. So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year. And maybe not the year after that. Because they're going to have yeah, to start paying it, guys. It's going to be an interesting winter. I just said it a couple seconds ago. I'm not sure what kind of moves you make. Yeah, or, seriously. or, you know, <laughs> if you even can or what kind of options they have. But they're going to have to figure something out. Because 
the raw talent and potential, I guess, is still there, but it's just not not coming together on the field. Yep. Yeah. But uh, shout out to David Ross. He did a really good job there this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any other takeaways for us, David? I'm so happy we're getting this Dodgers and Padres series. I have oh, wanted that yeah. since um, whenever the season started, like July, I guess, or um, whenever the restart was. It, it's been building up this whole time, and it's finally here. So, mm-hmm. if anything, my whole takeaway is that uh, I'm just so glad that lined up because I think it's going to be one of the most fun series we've seen in a while. Yes, yes. And uh, this was actually one of my takeaways is I had Tatis earlier. So I want to I see him do another couple bat flips. That's fun. <laughs> he should double down on those crazy bat flips. I love that. But also my other takeaway, Clayton Kershaw is going to get the monkey off his back this postseason. The dude went eight shutout innings, 13 Ks. He gave up like, what, three hits against the Brewers? The dude shoved. Like, he, that was one of the best Clayton Kershaws I've ever seen. Like, his fastball was moving, like, six inches. Like, I, I was like, what is going on? Like, these guys are swinging hard, missing big. It, it was dominant. Dominant. Yeah, and I think he's going to be one of the keys. All these years, they've made it. They've made it far, but he's never been great. You know, he's, he's been all right in a couple of starts. But if he can finally put it together, the Dodgers might actually win something. Yeah, if this is the year, this is the year. Like, because mm-hmm. Kershaw looked amazing. And I think the problem with him going into playoffs is he's had so many innings on his arm. Now he doesn't have that, and this might be the year. Another one of my takeaways, <laughs> the Reds paid for offense this past offseason <laughs> and got zilch <laughs> for a run <laughs> in 22 innings against the Atlanta Braves. Shout out to their bullpen and starters. Holy smokes, Ian Anderson is going to be massive this this next few years. But holy smokes, man, they didn't get anything. (laughs) Yeah, piggybacking off of that, the Braves got to score some runs too. They got bailed out by just the complete ineptitude of Cincinnati's bats. (laughs) And uh, if they're going to make noise against the Marlins, they got to figure something out also. But like you said, what a disappointing resurgence of the Reds that turned out to be. You know, they were – they were hot in like August and September and managed to sneak in at the end there. But I, I, I guess both of us thought so many big things were coming from the Reds and just did not get it at all. Well, it's because we, we thought their pitching staff was going to be amazing, and it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem was the offense didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Any other takeaways from you? Uh, nothing really jumps off the page. I think, I think we covered most of it, unless you got something else. Yeah, I do. One, the Tampa Bay Rays are scary. Everything fundamentally, they just did perfect against the Blue Jays. So I'm excited for that Rays-Yankees series. And mm-hmm. the NL – no, not, not just the NL Central. The Central has nothing left to root for. They had seven teams make the postseason. All seven were eliminated in the wild card, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty rough to do. He literally had 50% of the NL field. They're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it goes to show that there's no great team in the NL Central. There's, you know, there's, I that, guess, that's what four we were saying. Teams. Yeah, but yeah. We, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, and we said it throughout the year as well. There, there's not a single elite team in that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like you could see any team winning it other than the Pirates. <laughs> that yep. division. So, and that's what it turned out to be. <laughs> so let's get into our division series predictions. Looking at the ALDS, there are two matchups. The one-seeded Rays versus the five-seeded Yankees and the two-seeded Oakland Athletics versus the six-seeded Houston 
Astros looking at that Rays Yankees series. First off, I am very excited for this series. I think that this is going to be amazing. This might go all five. This might be the only one that I think may go all five. And so Kerry put in his prediction for this series. He's going with Tampa Bay Rays. And I have to agree with him. I think, like I said, the Rays are scary. Everything they do is just perfect. They score runs when they need to. And uh, I'm sure, uh, as we already know on this show, everybody agrees with everybody. <laughs> so, but yeah, this one was a tough one to pick. And David, let's, uh, I know your thoughts, but let's hear them. I'm switching it up. I am taking the Yankees. Uh, in my preseason predictions, I had the Rays winning the NL East and then the Yankees beating them in a playoff series. And I'm sticking with that. I think the Yankees have too many bats. They dismantled my Cleveland Indian pitching staff that I love so much. And I think similar things might be heading the Rays' direction. Like you said, I think it's a series that's going to go four or five games, but in the end, I have the Yankees pulling it out. Yeah, uh, playoff Glaber Torres is a different animal. The dude is coming out to shine. And Stanton looks very good. I actually looked up his stats the other day, and I was actually surprised to see that he's 30 years old and his career wins above replacement is at 40 right now. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> like, the dude has, yeah, like, a Hall of Fame track. Yeah. He's on track for the Hall of Fame. You don't even think about that just because his last two seasons were horrendous. Because <laughs> um, he never plays. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm very excited for that series. Now looking at Oakland and the Astros. Carrie has picked the Oakland Athletics. And if you listen to the personal podcast series I did with Henry Seiler this last week, I we like the Oakland Athletics. And uh, so I, they are my dark horse team to make it far. And... I don't know. It was just a really good series, I thought, against the White Sox. Uh, they pulled it out when they needed to. David, let's hear your thoughts. I guess then uh, for the American League, I'm just going against the grain completely. I am taking the Houston Astros. Uh, all year, I, everybody had their fun with the Astros. You know, they were clowning them, and honestly, the Astros deserved it. But I think the playoffs are where the Astros are going to shut a couple people up. I don't know if they're going to advance further than this round, but I do believe we'll be seeing an Astros-Yankees ALCS. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm rooting for. At least. <laughs> that would be so much whole fun. There. Yeah, one thing I did notice with the Astros twins was just how much that playoff experience paid off for the Houston Astros. They knew what they needed to do. They were just putting the balls in play. They didn't really strike out too much, I don't think. And mm -hmm. um, it really paid off for them, and they looked really, really good in that series. They have Lance McCullers on the mound tomorrow. And he's a guy that I like a lot. Solid guy. Does his job. Yep, exactly. All right, looking at the NLDS, we have the one-seeded Dodgers versus the four-seeded Padres and the two-seeded Braves versus those bottom feeders, baby, the six-seeded Miami Marlins. All right, looking at the Dodgers-Padres series, Carey has picked his favorite team now, the Padres. <laughs> they knocked off his other favorite team, his hometown St. Louis Cardinals. But he's sticking with his Padres here. David, let's hear your thoughts on this series. Kerry, I apologize. We, uh, we're <laughs> 0 for 3 on matching up. I'm rooting for the Padres. I have the Dodgers winning it. I've said before that the Padres were a year away from being like a legitimate World Series contender, and I think that's the case. I think this is the year they burst on the scene, but the Dodgers still have the better team there and are going to beat them in this series. Yep, I, uh, I agree with you. I, I think, like I said, Playoff Kershaw is going to come out to play, <laughs> and he's going to get the monkey off his back. He's going to shove for another eight innings, 
25 strikeouts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have the Dodgers winning this one. I, I, I think the Padres get one. Tatis Machado do something. But, yeah. All right, Braves-Marlins. Carey has picked the Atlanta Braves. And I am picking the Atlanta Braves just because I'm wrong all the time and I want to see the Marlins win. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm wrong on all of my picks for the sake of the Marlins advancing. That's basically it. I'm picking the Braves to be wrong. David, who do you got? Uh, I'm also taking Atlanta. It's a pretty well-known fact that I love the the setup of the Atlanta Braves. Not to say that I don't have the Marlins because I envy that as well. But um, I just think... The fun stops here for Miami. I'm rooting for them. I think the Marlins are the best story that baseball has had in the last couple of years. But I think the Braves are – Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think the Braves are going to – I don't want to say bully them, but I'll take them winning in four over Miami. Yes, and that is David's preseason World Series selection. My preseason World – the Braves, I mean. My preseason World Series prediction was the Reds, and they let me down against David's Braves. <laughs> All right, but yeah, those are that's kind of what we're looking out for in these uh, next few days. Very excited for that. Unfortunately, MLB has dropped the ball by not having games on the weekend once again. I'm shocked this last weekend there's no baseball games. Like, come on, that's when people watch sports. I don't know, maybe they didn't want to compete with football, but I don't know, man. Even if you had some Saturday games in there, like, of course, college football's on, but people would have watched. Yep, you know, <laughs> it didn't make much sense to me. Yep. All right, we're going to move on to our drafts. Best activities to do on your own. And uh, I'll start this one off going for a drive, late summer drive. Have the windows down. You can put the music however loud you want. doesn't really matter where you're going, but it's always just very nice to have uh, your only company be the Waze app telling you to turn left in 0.2 miles. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Just, just going for a drive, uh, I like it. Going to pick up something or whatever it is, just having the windows down. It's a good activity to do solo. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that thing by any means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Davey Bourne, what's your uh, first pick? Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, try, I hate being alone. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things I enjoy doing while I'm alone. And um, I guess. I love Twitter, man. I'm scrolling through Twitter. <laughs> it basically keeps you company while you're alone. <laughs> so um, that will be my first pick. All right. Yeah. Twitter is its own little uh, thing. I, I was going to have a trending Twitter topic, but um, given what is happening right now in the world, I figured it's best to just leave Twitter alone for the trending <laughs> Twitter topics. Uh, there's nothing really too great going on. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll, we will revisit Twitter uh, soon. Uh, for my second overall pick, I'm going to go with binge watching a TV show by yourself. It's great. You don't have to listen to anybody talk. Uh, you just have to listen to the characters on the screen. Um, there's nothing quite like uh, binging The Office on a Saturday when it's raining or cold or whatever. Just, <laughs> just sit there and watch it. Just turn your brain off for a few hours. What are you binging right now? The Office. <laughs> How many times have you seen it? Are you one of the people that just watches The Office over and over again? Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to watch. I, yeah. uh, this last this last month, I binge-watched Parks and Rec all over again. Uh, all right, I've it, seen most it, of that. It, it left Netflix on October 1st, so I binge-watched that to finish it. Yeah, very good. 
<laughs> what are you binging right now? Have you seen The Boys on Amazon Video? Do you have that? Oh, is that like that superhero? Yeah, it's about superheroes who are like more interested in getting endorsements and making money than actually saving (laughs) people. There's crazy stuff that goes on, man. But I think it's a pretty accurate representation of what superheroes would look like. Yeah, like if they existed. Especially in today's world of like social media, it's like, I got to get my sponsorships. I'll I'll save some people. I got to get my sponsorships. (laughs) That's exactly like they save just enough people where they look good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend it. It's pretty crazy at some points. Uh, I, I will I check that check it out. out. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Yeah, if you're on the Amazon crew, I recommend Psych, a P-S-Y-C-H. It is my favorite show of all time. Sean Spencer is hilarious. There are so many one-liners in that show, but it's a detective show. Very funny. What is uh, your next pick there, David? I will go with... Shooting a basketball, just because when I'm shooting a basketball and I'm alone, I'm very good. Just because <laughs> nobody can tell me I'm bad. <laughs> so You don't I'll, have somebody in your ear? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go going in my driveway and shooting a basketball by myself where no one is playing defense and I make most of my shots because the result is often different as soon as somebody starts <laughs> guarding me. Yeah, see, I mean, like I can hit baseballs off a tee all day long, and I'm the greatest line drive hitter in the history of baseball. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you're probably the greatest shooter in the history of basketball because nobody's guarding you. It's perfect. It's like having. Uh, oh, not probably. I'm undoubtedly the greatest shooter in the history of basketball when uh when it's just me around. Yeah, exactly. In your own mind, you know, it's like it's like you got James Harden <laughs> defending you. He's not really there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, for my last pick, I'm going to go with shopping by yourself. I I really like shopping by myself because I don't have anybody else's agenda. I don't have to go to uh, the Target if I don't want to go to Target. If I'm just going to, like, a Macy's or whatever, I can pick up my coat and then just get the heck out of there, you know? <laughs> I don't have to I'm do... an in-and-out guy also, man. I'm right yeah. with you. I do not waste any time in the stores. I, I would rather spend more time finding a parking space than going into a store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, that's just how much I hate shopping. So that's if I have to walk around a mall or whatever it may be, I'm not, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. If, if I'm going to the mall, I'm getting the three things I need. I'm not stopping in any other store and looking and, and then I'm bouncing out of there. Yep. 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 All right, David, your last pick. All right. So for my third pick of Something that I like to do alone is going for bike rides. Uh, That was something I especially liked doing when I was in Pittsburgh. I was going all around Pittsburgh on my bike. Um, Yeah, yeah, man, it was awesome. I got the bike for free, but I I did have to pay like 30 or 40 bucks for a new tire. But um, besides that, it it was fantastic because you just go anywhere you want, man. You don't have to worry about parking or anything like that. And if it was a nice day, it's biking around. You know, it's fun playing some music. (laughs) yeah yeah no i agree and and like when i was thinking about this i was also thinking like what's like the worst things to do by yourself um i think like a cross-country drive would be very bad (laughs) oh yeah a long hike would be pretty rough because you're just out there with like your own thoughts and that can get kind of weird and sketchy i I also thought going to a movie theater by yourself one of the all-time worst experiences you can have (laughs) you just feel i don't think i've ever done that and i do not plan on it either yeah, I went to one this past summer because it was like a lazy Saturday, and, and it was all it was like mid August, so there's nobody really around. School hasn't started yet. All people, everybody's internships had ended, so they went home before school started. So it was just me in Pittsburgh by myself on a Saturday, and I was <laughs> like, I need to get out of my house. So I what'd went you to, see? 
Uh, that Spider-Man movie uh, that came out, Far From Home. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was. Um, oh yeah, the the bad guy, Mysterio, yeah. Mysterio, Mysterio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that, that's what uh, that's what I did. Uh, that I don't know. I, I guess also like going to a restaurant by yourself and eating there would have to be the worst experience of all time. Like, oh, I've done that a couple of times. Not like if you have like a waitress or a waiter, but there's been a couple of times where I just go in and grab something and eat. Like, yeah, like, like a spot I, or something. I mean, I like a like a McDonald's or whatever. I like by myself. I don't care about that. But like a like a restaurant, restaurant. Oh yeah, like uh, if it was a full meal, I would definitely feel a little bit bizarre. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that, that 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 those were some things that uh, crossed my mind. I, I don't know any any ideas from you. What are like the worst things to do by yourself? The worst things to do by yourself. Anything. <laughs> Every <laughs> everything is better when somebody's there with you doing it. Uh, I get uh, at least for me. Yeah. Go, going to like a sporting event would be pretty rough by yourself. <laughs> I did that. I went to a Pirates game on Easter yeah, last season because no one else was in the city of Pittsburgh. And I figured I'm either going to watch the Pirates game by myself or I'm going to go to it by myself. So I went and sat in the outfield for nine innings by myself. I don't know. I actually didn't mind too much, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I've gone to a bunch of Pirates games by myself because uh, whenever the Nationals are in town, it's usually like during the week and nobody wants to go because it's during the week and it's my team it's the pirates um <laughs> but uh yeah you made it to a couple games with me um but yeah I, I was also there by myself for a couple but uh yeah it's, it's an interesting experience you definitely feel uncomfortable but yeah <laughs> I, I didn't want people to like realize i was the guy at the game alone so i was just minding my own business i was not talking to anybody yeah but yeah it was a good I, game. I, feel, I feel far more compelled to be on my phone though when i'm by myself it's weird Instead of just watching the game, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's nobody to talk to, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I guess uh, that wraps that up, and we're gonna finish it all off with the song lyric or movie quote of the day. All right, so here's my movie quote of the day. We were talking about baseball cards at the beginning, and unopened packs are known as wax packs. We were also talking about Sadaharu O and his flamingo batting stance, which reminded me of the crane stance from Karate Kid, and that would bring me to my movie quote, which is. Wax on, wax off, <laughs> said by Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid. <laughs> That's a very simple but effective one. <laughs> yeah, I got creative with it. You know, wax on, wax off. Um, it's also super funny because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Hopefully you have. Um, that scene is just, it just, Daniel's son, wax on, wax off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically has him do, it, fix up his entire house. <laughs> and it's also like a karate lesson in disguise. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Dave, what is it for you? If you don't have uh, So I stumbled upon like the Sonic the Hedgehog album, which I didn't know existed until I found it a couple days ago. Okay. And um, <laughs> I started listening to it on my way to work. And this one is from Escape from the City by Ted Poley. Never heard of him. but And it's rolling around at the speed of sound. Got places to go, gotta follow my rainbow. Can't stick around, have to keep moving on. Guess what lies ahead? Only one way to find out. And that lyric means absolutely nothing, but uh, the Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog album is actually pretty decent. And right. I, I would recommend checking it out for anybody who uh, is interested. Yeah, interesting. I, uh, I have started listening to a couple of movie albums recently. One that's really good is that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. 
that that um, that album is Tarantino great. always does a good job with um oh, yeah. music and in getting it in there mm-hmm. yeah the, he sets this, the scenes so well but yeah that's it for uh this week it was a nice short episode uh we covered a lot though uh so thank you so much for joining us thank you david thank you will all right <laughs> all right we'll catch you next time everybody have a good one